0: So I was thinking the other night, I think it's about time that we begin to pivot a little bit and look at some of the other news of the day. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. So as many of my longtime listeners know, going back almost 18 months since this program began, it was started because I was detecting, as many others were, a tremendous amount of conflicting, we'll just use that word for the moment, conflicting information from so-called official sources regarding SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19. I had a very strong feeling that there was some big-time manipulation happening, not just in the United States and Canada, Great Britain, Italy, and Australia, but this was worldwide. Worldwide. There were so many things about this that had a a very surreal feeling. And I've shared this story many times and I'm not really gonna give you a a whole big reshare. But when I went back from retirement to work in emergency management, always remember I went in with a, a servant's heart to help the county that had asked me to come in. Because we were given information and and who were we to say it was you know fake news we there's nothing we could do we were just going on assumptions that were coming out of multiple governments at that time and so-called international health authorities and respected university and so-called respected scientists we were preparing for something on the magnitude almost well not quite of the bubonic plague or something vastly even worse but as the days and, and weeks went by and, and weeks turned into a month or two, I started feeling that the narrative, there was just something that was not right about a lot of the things that we are saying and doing, the restrictions that we have, were they really of any benefit? Was keeping six feet apart, walking in a, an aisle at a grocery store, was it really saving you from getting COVID? and the plexiglass screens, and then the mandatory masking. This went on for how many months and still is in many places. All of this theater had a psychological impact on a tremendous number of people across the globe. Even to this day, I will see some people in a grocery store and they're wearing their face covering they're they're making sure they're staying away from everybody because they assume that everybody's there to kill them they become paranoid they're unable to live they're so afraid and the promised numbers that we were given back in oh about 2 years ago when I first was called to come back out of retirement they were incredibly scary now, we got to remember, I don't have it in front of me here, but we were hearing case fatality rates that were just incredibly high. Oh, that, you know, 6% of anybody that gets this is going to die. My wife has a family member, I'll just leave it at that. That when they heard that the daughter in her 30s had come down with COVID was almost the question was, when is she going to die? Not, what are you doing about it? It's that you're just the assumption that anybody that gets COVID is probably going to be dead. This is how people started acting back in 2020. And the longer I worked in emergency management, the more that I, I started realizing that I am being used to put out information that is increasingly to my heart telling me it's not true. There was so much duplicity. So much strangeness in the stories. And the goalposts were always being constantly moved. And politics here in the United States were were deep at play. Listen, right now, there are people, there are scientists, these are uh, credible people. I mean, we're not talking fly-by-nights who just started a webpage and calls themselves an expert. We're talking people that have been around for a while. And a number of these authors, I mean from MIT and, and Immersion Health and, and other other locations around the world, they have a concern. And they believe it is imperative that the worldwide administration of these mRNA vaccines be stopped immediately until further studies are conducted to determine the extent of any potential pathological consequences. And they put together a 33-page paper to outline their concerns. Then you have other people, like Dr. Michael Yearden, who say this must stop because the Pfizer documents show the FDA knew of the substantial death risk, but covered it up. And how many Americans have forgotten Dr. Fauci back before November of 2020 saying a vaccine could never be manufactured in a short amount of time. You know, Operation Warp Speed. It'll take years to get a vaccine. You know, you got to test it. You got to make sure it's good. You know, it's a novel vaccine. And those things take a lot of time. And most are total and abject failures because they don't work. And we get, we got to keep going back to the drawing board. So this Operation Warp Speed means nothing. It's not going to happen. Maybe we'll see some progress by 2022, maybe by 2024, 2025. That was pretty much what he was saying. So, you know, leave your face diaper on, social distance. um, If you're not essential, just stay home and starve. That's pretty much what he wanted you to do. And then the announcement comes in November. November like just a week or so after the 2020 election. That's another story again for another day. I think most of you know where I stand on it. Yeah, I think it really was stolen. And there's more and more evidence creeping out that people just do not want to look at and probably never will look at. I think we're stuck with the consequences, but I'm praying that going forward here in this country, The problems can be fixed. We are dealing with a fraudulent president right now and a fraudulent vice president and probably a couple of fraudulent senators from the state of Georgia that do not belong in the Senate. Probably some others as well. Hopefully, you know, I felt so strongly in December of this past year that God was going to shine the light of truth on so much of what's going on in our world today. And I'm convinced that he is. And, but don't get don't get complacent. A lot of people are already acting, they're already seeing, they're already noticing what we mentioned two months ago. The narrative was going to collapse. Now, how they're going to deal with that collapse narrative is what I find fascinating. It's like the Biden administration is saying, Well, we never liked the idea of lockdowns and masks and all that kind of stuff. We just went along with it because, you know, those people, the scientists said. No, they loved every minute of the lockdowns. They loved every minute of putting a face mask on a four-year-old. They enjoyed it because they're sick human beings. That's what they are. They're delusional human beings. They're reprobate human beings. And they've been perpetuating a bunch of lies for quite a long time. And they feel that they can get away with it. Now... I don't want to spend too much time of today's program on, quote, the virus and stuff, but I'm going to run down just a few stories, and then we're going to pivot a little bit, and we're going to start dealing with other stories on this program. I'm going to remind you all the way through, don't think that COVID is over. Well, it kind of is, but it isn't. They'll come up with something new. They have run this program train down the track as far as it goes until it went off the rails if you think they're going to give up if you think that the Trudeaus or the Bidens or the Nancy Pelosi's or the Fords up in Ontario you know the pri, you know the the uh, provincial leader is going to back down and say never mind you're crazy they're going to keep fighting and fighting. They don't like to be called out for their lies. They despise being called out for the tyrants they are. That's why they hate the truck drivers with a passion, a satanic, I want to destroy and kill you passion. So these are some of the stories that I'm looking at. And a lot of the same evil perpetuates from one story to, to the next and it always seems to include some of the same exact players if you if you hadn't noticed. So let me sum up where we are with a few stories from around the world and we will start in Canada. Now this story comes from the province of New Brunswick and should be of a deep concern to all Canadians and everybody and this should be a big concern for everybody around the world including the United States. Now this new Brunswick father lost custody of his children after he refused the COVID vaccine and was against his children getting the COVID vaccine. Now this despite the the overwhelming evidence that inoculating kids, young ones against the virus is totally unnecessary. The judge granted the mom authorization to have their little children vaccinated without the father's consent. Now, this father is being also kept separate from the kids after he found that he must be presenting a health risk because to his kids, by the way, because he's refusing the vaccine. Now, wait a minute. If the kids are vaccinated, how is the father a threat? This is the insane, satanic stupidity of jab people with an unproven and, I believe, threatening and dangerous substance. I'm convinced. This father of three is now barred from visiting his children in person. I mean, it's come down to that. In New Brunswick, of all places, because he wouldn't undergo the experimental vaccination. And I'm telling you, this is going to come more and more and more. As soon as the kids were qualified to get their little jab in the arm, which is age five plus, uh, they look, the two people have been divorced. I get that. But this mother is a Covidian, a cultist, a cult of Covid, and a mass Covidian. And she believes the vaccine makes you bulletproof. And here we have even John Hopkins University School of Medicine. They have concluded that, for all practical purposes, and this is from John Hopkins, the mortality rate is virtually zero for children. Unless they have a pre existing condition such as uh, leukemia, they're finding out that there's no real danger to children. And they're also terrible spreaders. Dr. Marty McElroy, he's a main researcher. He's criticized the CDC in this country. And boy, the CDC needs a house cleaning from the top down. The CDC has been advocating little children take the experiment based on flimsy. And I think in some cases, it's beginning to appear potentially fraudulent data that they've been working on. Why do we want to have these vaccines in our little children? What does the 10-year study tell us about this vaccine? Oh, there hasn't been one. So you want to give a child at age 5 this gene therapy that can alter them during these formative years. You may have a very sick child by the time that child is 10 or 15. And you did that based on a disease that poses them no threat. Even though it was bought out in court that there's been no proof that these vaccines prevent the spread or you getting COVID. And they don't really, they're not even guaranteed to reduce hospitals, um, hospitalizations. They might, they claim, reduce severe illness, but only for a short window. And so these these judges, these reprobate, satanically inspired demonic judges want more and more of these vaccines shoved in the arms of children. Our legal system is terribly broken in the Western world if that's what they think they must do. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, Senator Ron Johnson, maybe a little longer than that, had a, uh, a second opinion conference and he had a lot of experts on And he's pointing out the changing narrative, uh, the phony studies. Remember how how hydroxychloroquine became a hot-button item. Then when we found out that overseas they have been using very successfully ivermectin, it became banned here. It seems that in some places where it works, it's not allowed to. They didn't want it to work. Big Pharma wanted their vaccines. They wanted their $1,000-dose pills, They don't want something that is cheap and inexpensive and effective. Remember, they don't want cures at Pfizer. They want lifelong customers. And so all of these things that were coming out that we knew. By the way, the hydroxychloroquine story I've told you. I ran into this when I was working in emergency management back in like March. Before even Donald Trump was making a big deal about, about hydroxychloroquine. When there was the SARS-CoV-1 outbreak in 2003 and 2004, well, after a lot of study by a lot of researchers and doctors, they discovered this stuff worked, and that was the approved protocol. But no, now we can't have that. We need people to be in big trouble. And I believe firmly, and I'm going to say this with, with no reservation at all, when people use the term pandemic, I tend to agree. I tend to agree there was a lot of planning, and I think that there are some players that knew it was inevitable. Let's go back to 2017. 2017. The election of 2016 is behind us. Donald Trump has been certified the winner. Hillary Clinton is gearing up her Russian collusion delusion. And Dr. Anthony Fauci addressing a hospital group in Georgetown. This is what he had to say at the beginning of the Trump administration. Now listen carefully. This is very concerning. There will be a surprise outbreak. I thought I would bring that
1: perspective to the topic today, is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge, to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. And I hope by the end of my relatively short presentation you will understand why history, the history of the last 32 years that I've been the director of NIAID, will tell the next administration that there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they will be faced with the challenges that their predecessors were faced with.
0: Now, this begs the question, at least from me, how could Dr. I own a lot of patents at the NIH Fauci, and I deal, my wife, she she kind of deals with approving of, of medications and drugs for big pharma. How did he know? How did he know this was going to be the term, the president? the time of this big testing. How did he know that? Well, of course, he knew something was coming. He had attended event 201. He was involved with all of that, you know, planning for a worldwide pandemic where a coronavirus skips from an animal to a human. We don't know how it happened, but we know that it had to come animal to human. And then suddenly the entire world is dying of this pandemic. Maybe it's because people like Fauci have been playing gain-of-function with coronaviruses for decades. Maybe it's because people like Fauci were playing with vaccines and AIDS and everything else for decades. Maybe it's because the man is corrupt. Maybe it's because the man needs to be investigated. Maybe it's because the man needs to be in prison along with many other individuals, including their leftist enablers who are taking advantage of this pandemic for their own power, their own egos, their own agendas. Like I say, you can look around the United States today. You can look around Canada today, Austria, Australia. They have gone proverbially insane. But as we said back in December on this program, and, I, and the reason I said it, you need it's not that I'm such a a genius or I could tie it all together, I could connect the dots. It had nothing to do with that. It's one of those things that one day, as I was preparing this program before Christmas of last year, and I always pray and say, Lord, guide my my thoughts guide my words, empower me. And I just happened to say it out of nowhere in the program. God's going to pull back the veil. And I heard myself say it, though I didn't know that I said it, if that makes any sense. One of those times where I'm just trying to look for what to say. And I came out and said, the veil of truth, the light of truth is going to be spotlighted as the veil of lies is pulled back. And just like in you know, evil loves darkness. As this light of truth comes, you're going to see every every little insect, every little roach hiding for cover. When that light hits, they're going to scurry in the dark to get you no know, to get back to the darkness and get out of the way of the light. Now, whether or not people like uh, Ford up in um, you know the the premiere of Ontario, whether he understands it or not, whether Biden understands it, whether Fauci understands it, whether Rochelle Walensky at the CDC understand it, they're they're beginning to to do a pivot. If you hadn't noticed, because I think it's become suddenly, rapidly, out of nowhere, apparent to them. They can't hold this narrative up much longer. Even their friends in the mainstream media are beginning to turn on them a little bit. And if they feel like they were snookered, you don't want to be, you know, it's going to be not an easy ride for Biden or anybody in this world that was a tyrant. And so every one of them, even blue states, are beginning to say, you know, maybe this mask stuff didn't work. Maybe social distancing doesn't work. You know the vaccines really don't do anything, and all of, and lockdowns. Well, now now we got John Hopkins saying it did nothing. The masking did nothing. So so maybe we need to get ahead of it and say, well, I never thought much of it to begin with. That's what the White House is doing. We never really believed in this. You know that. Yeah, you, you you fully understand. But one thing that government has gained during this time, and I'm going to go back to my days in emergency management. The idea of fusion centers was a big deal about 10, 15 years ago. And back then, it was the idea of monitoring the chatter and what have you with keywords for real threats of terror from the outside of our country in the United States. But many people wanted fusion centers to start looking at what regular people are saying about everything. Maybe they can find some terroristic activity. Maybe we can get ahead of the curve. And a lot of people, I was never, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm sorry. You know, for quite a while, when I worked in that field, I I just stayed off social media in terms of making any big comments about anything because it just wasn't a safe place to be. And now it is a definitely unsafe place to be. If you don't believe me, and trust me, Things that happen in Europe find the way to Canada, then find the way to the United States. Of course, they also go to Australia as they're going to the UK. And it happens in many parts of this country. In the Ontario province, the Ontario police have been monitoring social media. And one day, this lady, who's not a terrorist, has never done anything wrong, and has no background, just just you know she's supporting the truckers and she's supporting those that are opposed to the mandates had a nice little police lady arrive on her doorstep and here's the conversation
2: since you're at my home can i just get your name and your badge number please i have a card here okay it's erica ingram thank you and this is just some information about peaceful protests that's all it is okay so you saw something on my facebook no on the facebook group okay And decided to come to my personal residence to give me information about peaceful protest? Yes. Okay, so um, are you guys now monitoring people's Facebook pages? Or Facebook groups to who comments as to what their... Status updates are, or what they're doing, or within the group, like because of the protests happening province wide. Yes, we have been monitoring the protests. okay? Okay, so there's a protest coming up. I'm simply providing you with information about a peaceful protest, and now I'm leaving. Oh, okay, that is all. So the Ontario Provincial Police are watching what people are doing on Facebook in different groups, whether or not they're commenting, participating, liking, and you guys are now doing service calls to give people information about peaceful protest yeah. it's just a proactive measure to make sure you understand your rights about peaceful protesting I absolutely i have Perfect. a copy of the canadian charter of rights and freedoms so absolutely. i'm well within that and, and yep. very understanding of that uh, i appreciate that i'm okay. i'm hoping that uh, you guys aren't going to waste our tax dollars continuing to do this to everybody but uh now it's nice to know that uh, we're we're being watched so if you have any questions, my cell phone number is on the card. Thank you. Okay.
0: In watching this as a video, there were a couple of things that stood out. Number one, the the police officer, the young gal that they sent, was a little short, kind of cute, you know, looked very unpretentious. In other words, this this is a an officer that's not really a threat. And don't think that psychology Remember, I worked around this for years. They wanted somebody that looked at this stage basically harmless, at this stage basically friendly and upbeat and sweet. We're here to work with you. We love you. We want to help you. We just want you to protest you know, safely and properly the way we think you should protest. Trust me. You don't listen to what these this goon squad has to say of reprobates. Then they're going to send the guys that look like they are, well, they look like they're terrorists in uniform with flak jackets. And they're going to treat you like a terrorist. Remember, this is how it always works. Try to look safe to these people. And if they don't comply, then hammer down. And that's where we are in Canada. And I got news for you. We've been there a few times over the past two years here in the United States as well. Think of Chicago. Think of New York State. Think of any, you know, think of any blue state in the United States that has a, a power crave, satanically-inspired governor at the helm that hates those that are people of faith. Now, I think for now, I, I, I have a couple of other stories. Maybe I'll get into them tomorrow or later this week. Uh, but I think that's, that's enough to see for now on the, quote, COVID front. If you listen to this radio program on a regular basis, you've been way ahead of the curve. I'm not saying that because I'm so good. You know, my little one-man operation here. I say it because I value truth and I value prayer. I value honesty, and I value God's word, and so I, I always pray. And, and I, a matter of fact, I hope to bring back either tomorrow or maybe later this week uh, a guest of this radio program. Not sure which day. You haven't heard him in a while because our schedules have been in such a conflict, but we may have a little window of opportunity coming up. Uh, that's the Reverend Doctor Timothy Gales, and and we've been wanting to get together. We got. A lot to share. I'd like to look over the past year or so that he and I have talked together and just kind of do an assessment of everything we've talked about and where we are and where the where it seems to be going. COVID will collapse and those that want to keep their political jobs are going to try to pivot. And But there'll be those like up in Canada, the Justin Trudeaus, the little the little uh, guy that was groomed by the World Economic Forum, they, they're so delusional, they're going to keep fighting one step more. They're going to try to milk one more you know, draconian measure out of you to instill fear and control. And it'll be interesting to see how they pivot when, the, as the narrative continues, even in the mainstream media, to start collapsing before your very eyes. If you believe in our ministry, by the way, we're, still, we're working a lot in Okeechobee this week and probably next, keep me in your prayers. It's been a tough time. Had some medical things to deal with and it's really been adding to the stress between this program and that. I really need your prayers more than I've ever needed it since the beginning of this program. If you believe in what we're doing, and I'll share some thoughts on the other side of the break about a few projects I'm thinking about. If you believe in what we're doing, Consider mailing a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. And this is for the radio airtime. And you can do that by sending it to Truth to Ponder, 5753, 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North. And then there's a secure box number, number 3248 number three two four eight and the city descended to is crestview one word crestview florida zip code three two five three six that zip code again three two five three six and we'll be back on the other side this is truth to ponder with bob bierman the secret of ishmael's rage
1: coming up shalom alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Why is there no peace in the Middle East? Why is the Middle East the center of world controversy? Why the PLO, Hamas, Hezbollah, and Al-Qaeda? Well, the answer is found in the book of Genesis. Abraham had two sons, Isaac and Ishmael. Isaac was the son of promise. Isaac received the birthright. But Ishmael lost it. He lost his standing as Abraham's son. He lost his inheritance. He lost his right to Abraham's wealth, his possessions, his land. Ishmael went off and started a nation in the desert of Arabia. The Arabs trace themselves as being descended from Ishmael. What is the Arab-Israeli conflict all about? What is the real reason for terrorism and suicide bombings and, and all the rest? Not about oil. It's about Isaac and Ishmael. It's about the birthright. The Jewish people are the sons of Isaac and the Arabs are the sons of Ishmael. It's the war of birthright and inheritance. And it was given to Isaac. But look at all the harm and the devastation, the tragedy that's come out of it. The reason, the harboring the bitterness and anger of Ishmael that has come into this world. A real lesson. You see, when you carry resentment and unforgiveness and bitterness, and we feed self-pity and and resentment. You hurt yourself more than anybody else. You cripple your own life. You bring a curse on everything you do. Besides that, judge not lest you be judged. Forgive, you shall be forgiven. Is there any unforgiveness in your life? Any anger? Any judgmentalness? You've been wrong, mistreated? You've been overlooked? Forget it. God has not treated you wrong. God has not overlooked you. God has treated you better than you deserve. Forgive, forgive, let go, move on, and your life will be free from the curse of Ishmael and covered with the blessing of Isaac while more asked for Ishmael's secret now feeling like your walk with God could use a real spiritual boost? We got the answer. A free subscription to Sapphire's warning uses directed can revolutionize your walk for victory. And the incredible Mystery of the Temple Doors, you'll love it. How do you get all this free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you call it. You dial it. That's it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 to receive your free gifts. You will be blessed, but call now. It's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to minister with me in two of the most exciting ministries, to beam the word of life around the earth by shortwave Radio, to every tribe and tongue, and to Israel, the Jewish people who gave it to you. It's amazing. The farthest way you can ever spread the gospel. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now, you can write me direct. Here's how. It's right to the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, until next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying... Forgive and bless. Shalom in Messiah HaDarech, the way.
0: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I am your host, Bob Bierman. Well, I'm going to pivot myself now in this segment We're going to change direction on some of the news stories that I think are equally, if not even more important than all the stories we've been sharing of late about COVID and COVID-19 vaccines. Because if in our leadership, and I've used this term many a time, I call them over and over again, reprobates. And a lot of people don't understand, well, you're using that word. What does it really mean? Well, it's devoid of truth it's devoid of the truth of god it's living in a lie and many in our our government are living in a lie there is no true life in them and they are actually a danger to you and your family your children your church your community and and anything that is considered good and decent it's almost like the Biden administration here in the United States has gone out of their way to find the most dangerously insane, mentally diminished, morally compromised people to work in the federal government. I mean, it was it was very telling. You remember, Rachel Levine, really Richard Levine, you know, the guy from Pennsylvania that decided he was a woman and no matter how much you try to make your hair long and wear a dress you still look like a man this gender dysphoria well they put him at you know give him a big position in the federal government and i say him because i don't care what he says the man this is the guy that decides if you're mentally ill or not this is what we've got in our government and and you can find reprobate after reprobate after reprobate appointed to places of high authority in our government. I am so less concerned today about COVID, though I will still bring you stories of the insanity of COVID. And most important, the stories that I really can't wait to share are as we watch the narrative collapse before your very eye, and the most important thing I can do for you for you, is to be with you, to be ahead of this as everything begins to change. Because, see, look, these people that have pushed the COVID narrative, the vaccine narrative, the fear narrative, the control narrative – And now we have the inflation and shortage narrative created by utter and abject incompetence in the highest place. But then again, when you put a reprobate in charge of something, it's always going to fail. They will win to a point, but they'll ultimately be failure. Well, let me give you an example of what's going on. So you thought that Richard Levine a.k.a. Rachel Levine at the Department of Health and Human Services. If you thought she was a bad pick, or he was a bad pick, or whatever it is is a bad pick, well, X and Y chromosomes, so it's going to be he. I'm so sick and tired of Twitter and their preferred pronouns. Twitter, we amplify your mental illness. And if you try to speak truth, we will silence you. That's what it comes down to. Well, there is a fairly important position in the federal government, Department of Energy. When it comes to things like energy, our nuclear power plants, for example, Biden, and I'm sure some of you have heard this story. And if you haven't, you needed to. It's been around. My wife shared it with me toward the end of last week when I was still traveling quite a bit. And so here's what I've got. There's a guy by the name of Sam Brinton. Sam Brinton. And, you know, this guy is a genderqueer drag queen. That's what he calls himself or itself or whatever. He's a genderqueer drag queen. And he's into some pretty sick stuff when it comes to sexuality. And he is who the Biden administration has appointed to oversee the United States' nuclear power plants. I kid you not. According to the Department of Energy, we're finding out that he will be the deputy assistant, secretary of spent fuel and waste disposition in the Energy Department's Office of Nuclear Energy. I did a little bit of research on the guy. And this guy is one very sick individual. But you, and so everything about him is, I mean, I, I could not share with you the pictures that this guy posted of himself on Twitter and other locations. He's an LGBTQ plus activist, and now he's on tap for the Department of Energy. Now, in a 2017 article, in a newspaper at the Rensselaer Polytechnical Institute. It points out that Britain, who's proud of this, by the way, has a history of sexual weirdness. That's the best way to put it, including dog role-playing. Throughout the entire talk, Britton was open about his experiences, the kinks he partakes in, the nature of his relationships. By the way, he uses the pronouns uh, we and they, because he he likes to be able to be a girl one day and a guy the next, and it's it just this is so strange. And throughout his entire talk, he shares about his experiences, and you know he likes to watch Star Trek and get into you know weird sex. I mean, this is the kind of person that the Biden administration puts on tap for a very vital purpose. Now, you might say, well, what what does all this have to do with his ability to perform the job? My answer is a lot. If this person can be so delusional, so possessed in that one area of his life, would you not expect it to extend to other areas, including the work life? I would. I mean, this is just additional proof that either A... Joe Biden does not have the mental faculties to be running this country or he is a tool being used by the extreme left, the extreme left to destroy this nation from within. And this is what I really see. If you go to the book of Second Timothy, chapter number three, and I know that most of you have heard these words before. But I want to read these words, and I want to kind of hone in just a little bit. That know this also, that in the last day's perilous time shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers. Yeah, look at half the people in the federal government coming after Christians. Disobedient to parents. Yeah, that's what the schools want your children to be. They want your child, the children to disobey parents, but listen to them. Without natural affection. Well, look at this guy. They're, they're running, they, they want to have in the Department of Energy. Without natural affection. Truce breakers, false accusers, and incontinent fears, despisers of those that are good. Yep. Our federal government despises those pe- people of faith. And I've got more stories. And they have this form of godliness. Sounds like the Episcopal Church or the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. They celebrate all this sin. They have this form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. From those people, you got to turn away. That's what St. Paul says. And they will, they're the type that will creep into houses and lead captive silly women and others astray with sin and led away with all kinds of strange lust. I think that kind of fits where we are today. Have you noticed something else? This started long before COVID-19. It is this transgender stuff and how it's merged into the LGBTQ plus and other letters movement that's out there. It's a gender madness. And, And the school systems, the public schools, well, they're in the forefront. Good example here there's many examples you know there's a, there's a one example there's a mother who discovered that her 12-year-old girl had been manipulated into being uh, calling himself a boy 12 years of age girl had been manipulated into identifying as a boy changing her name on school records binding her breast so she wouldn't look like a girl and keeping this all a secret from her mother it was the school's idea They want to brainwash her. Thankfully, that mother is suing. And here's what's kind of fascinating. It was because of the lockdowns for Corona. She was 12 at the time. And the school through their clubs trying to transition her daughter, the mother didn't know about. And even worse, right before the pandemic started, by the way. The school was telling the mother she had to use the girl's boy pronouns and male pronouns because the the daughter's name and gender had been changed on official school records. I mean, the school made a decision. Your girl is a boy. We're making sure she becomes a boy. And we're not going to tell you until we think we have it all in the bag. But here's what happened. When schools went online, remember that? When schools went online... This girl decided, I really am a girl. She's not being conditioned by this satanic staff. And she, without any prompting, reverted back to being a girl, using her given name and her given pronouns. Yet they're still fighting the school. And that's why they're being sued. You think a state like Idaho, where people fleeing Democrat-controlled areas like Portland, Oregon, they head off there. And you'd think with all these wonderful Republicans in the le- legislature that you would be a safe place. But it isn't. Uh, right now, there's a school administrator in a town called Kiordi Alin. And they're trying to manipulate an 11-year-old girl to believe she's really a boy and she undergo transitional surgery. This is the school. This is the reprobate school. And you find this happening all over. This is a town of about 54,000, so it's not tiny, but it is somewhat rural. It's in rural North Idaho, within commuting distance to Spokane, Washington. It has a conservative lumber manufacturing base, and it's got mountains and lakes. People live there to enjoy the, quote, traditional way of life. But the public schools in those places are working diligently to undermine that way of life, to raise your children, to steal your children, to destroy your children, to fill them with all kind of satanic nonsense. Yeah, Idaho. And you find it. You find this happening all over, all over the country. Just being in a, in a red state like a South Carolina or Georgia or an Idaho or a Texas guarantees Nothing. Nothing. of high schoolers in Idaho, this red state, are talked about sexual orientation, gender fluidity, gender expression, gender identity. And they even have the Gay, Lesbian, and Straight Education Network, GLSEN, on hand to help. And don't think that they're not trying to teach any other, you know, theory. It is Satan's job to tear the children away from their parents. Just like Hitler took the children and the schools and put a tremendous amount of control over the schools, he knew if he could win the hearts and minds of children, as the years would go by, he would have willing followers for the Third Reich. Now, here's a story that comes under the heading of... Stupid is a stupid does, sir. Ah, uh, yes, this does fit the, the title, stupid is as stupid does. A Wisconsin lawmaker, you may have seen this story. She does not believe that parents should have a say in the classroom. It's kind of like she ignored what just happened in November in the state of Virginia. Terry McAuliffe, this was his race to lose. Not, he was he was definitely going to win because he was stupid enough to confront parents in a debate with Glenn Youngkin and tell a parent that they had no business uh, knowing anything about what the schools did. Well, that's what tipped the election in a state won by ten points for Joe Biden. That ought to tell you that some parents are a little bit well upset. They're tired of parents being antagonized uh, by these schools. And, And the schools, you know, need to, and the government, like this person, needs to understand that God established parenthood for a reason in the way that he did it. So this individual writes, and you may have seen this story. Remember, Terry McAuliffe was uh, attacking parents saying they had no right and they were trying to get the federal government through a fraudulent letter i might i might add you know they they solicited from uh you know the association of school boards phony letter so they could call parents that said hey we want we're concerned about what you're teaching our children they wanted all those parents called terrorists domestic terrorists they want all news outlets nowadays that that don't Uh, champion the party line to be considered as insurgents, as terrorists. Look at the Department of Homeland Security briefings. The things I'm saying on this program today will, in a short amount of time, be considered terroristic. Mark my words. I see it coming. So this Representative Lee Snodgrass, she's a Democrat lawmaker in Wisconsin. Boy, she just really stepped on it or stepped in it. She said, and this is what she wrote in her now-deleted tweet, if parents want to have a say in their child's education, then they should homeschool or pay for private school tuition out of their family budget. She tweeted that this past Thursday. (laughs) Whoops. Uh, The lawmaker deleted the message and posted a different one a little while later. Oh, you just didn't understand the nuance. No, we understood exactly what you said because that's what you meant when you wrote it. You're trying to cover yourself for your failures now. You got caught. You thought the world believed like you did. You thought that that base that gets you elected was how the country felt. And you found out the hard way you were wrong. Here's the here's the key. Like, let me say. Let me re- read what she wrote. If you want to say in your child's education, then you need to homeschool or pay for private tuition out of your family budget. She never mentions the fact that these families are being well robbed of their money to support these underperforming derelict schools. There are two things that I firmly believe in. I firmly believe that the public schools are a disaster in the United States. There are some exceptions, but they're few and far between. I believe the schools overall have been in a decline for 50 solid years. We didn't see it at first. got a little bit worse, but we ignored it. Too many churches, too many parents I can't afford it. I want a new car. I want a bigger house. I want to live here. Can't afford that in the budget, so we'll send them to the failing schools, their kids. Those are reprobate parents, especially if they know that their school is failing. Now, I know you can't do anything on a dime, but I've been saying this since before the pandemic on the weekend radio program that I did for quite a long time. It is time for Christians to take back education. Let me say that again. This is nothing this is nothing earth shattering or a big revelation. It's time that Christians take back education, especially for their own. And this person said exactly what she meant. Lee Snodgrass meant what, every word when she said, "You have no say." If you want to say, then you Pay for it. You put them in a school. You homeschool them. But we, the experts, will give them critical race theory. We'll help them transform their genders. Schools, I don't understand what they're teaching anymore. Then I remember a conversation I had a while back, not long ago, with a recent graduate of high school who didn't think that having an accurate math answer was important because everybody has their own opinion. (laughs) I don't think I want an airplane or a car designed by somebody like that. We've got a problem. Marxism has come into our education. Now, to give you an idea, Oregon, they want to be able to make sure you can't even fire these far-left superintendents that are hiring the teachers and things that are educating and destroying your children. Little town of Newburgh, Oregon, they made the headlines last fall when the newly elected school board voted to adopt a policy that bans educators from displaying Black Lives Matters and gay pride symbols all over the classrooms. Well, the superintendent was not happy about that. And uh, joining the majority uh, to implement the policy Uh, board chair david brown emphasized we need to get moving back toward education we've been derailed for quite a while now the school superintendent the name is joe morlock refused to almost sounds like moloch joe morlock refused to enforce the policy in what the board described at the time was you know basically dereliction of duty i mean i mean he didn't he wouldn't do it so he got fired and now the legislature in Oregon is trying to find a way to make sure that you can't fire people that are that disobey, that take upon things. They, they, it's going to get ridiculous in Oregon, unfortunately. Oregon public school leaders do not take kindly to opposition to extremist racial and gender ideology. Parents defending education, they flagged a post of a teacher in Beaverton who uh, was threatening other teachers. I mean, it's getting out of hand. These are the people you do not want teaching your children. And some of the things we need to get into, that's why I was saying at the beginning of the program, we'll still include some stories about COVID and its unraveling and the dangers that are out there in the vaccines and how do not trust anybody that says we're giving you your rights back. You're not going to get them all back. They're going to hold some back. And before the year is out, Believe me, something else will be already being ginned up in the news. Trust me on that. They're not going to run away. They're just taking a little retreat to regroup. They'll give you a few of your freedoms back, and you'll be happy saying, Yeah, we won, we won. But you really lost. We live in a rapidly changing world. The church has been asleep at the switch for a long time. Not all, but much of it. Some of the church has gone woke. They've gone crazy. They've gone apostate. Get out of those churches. If they're flying a rainbow flag and they're talking about equality and gender and this and that, get out from among them immediately and do not touch the unclean thing. Be careful with your local schools. I know there are a few out there that are halfway decent, but they are few and far between. I don't want to hear anybody say, but Bob, we can't afford it. We just don't have the resources in our little church. Well, if you can't do the job that God gave you, then it's time to disband your little church. It's nothing but a club. Yeah, I said it. Your little church, and I've even seen my within my denominational group. Oh, we just hold on to the old way of doing things, but we don't have any money. We can't do much. You can't do much because you give. You don't have much You don't have much because you don't ask for it. You don't have the faith for it. You're just busy pushing a system. You're not pushing the gospel. You're not doing the work God calls you to do. I'm telling you, church, it's time to get off your fannies. Stop sitting on the premises and start standing on the promises. I'm sick and tired of churches that have this can't-do attitude. I'm done with you. I'm done with you. We're going to start getting serious because if we don't, you know, and are, are you ready for the next shoe when it drops? I mean I'm telling you, COVID's gonna go away. And something else will come back another day. We need your support more than ever now. We really do. We are edging closer to more shortwave airtime. I believe shortwave is going to be a very important component of keeping the word getting out internet is great Uh, we're doing wonderful things there but that plug can be pulled in just a split second in certain places it's going to happen so we need to make sure that we're up and ready in other medium and and we need to have even our own methods of doing podcast i'm going to be talking about that this week too if you believe in our work would you consider making a check payable to ancient word radio our mailing address is truth to ponder 5753 five, Highway 85 North. That's 5753 five, Highway 85 North. Number 3248. Number 3248. And the city is Crestview. Crestview, Florida. 32536. That's Crestview, Florida. 32536. And like I say, a lot of great programs coming this week, even some guests. So be with us for tomorrow's edition of Truth to Ponder I think you'll be surprised at what you hear. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth2ponder.com. That's
1: truth2ponder.com. Truth to
0: Ponder. Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.